city built by Jules Verne. Its beauty is so splendor, yet untold. If you neglect salvation, title to this morning's message is Waiting in the Tunnel. Waiting in the Tunnel. i got to start by asking a question. Am I the only one who looked back at the past couple of weeks and wondered where all that time went? Or maybe even the past couple of months, right? It's been crazy. All that preparation for Christmas, the decorations, the right meal sitting people properly that we talked about so there'd be no arguments, the whirlwind of racing from house to house on Christmas morning to open presents with your children or grandchildren, and then throw in COVID, throw in RSV, throw in a stomach bug. It's been kind of cray-cray. Can I possibly be 
The only one exhausted this Sunday after Christmas. Where did the time go? Some of us have already taken down our tree and our decorations. Some of us will take them down tomorrow. But either way, the memory of Christmas will soon be a blur as we settle into a new year with new challenges. And while we we may hold on to a few special memories from the day, most of the specifics will be washed away until we go back into that mode next year and repeat the process. Now what happens moving forward is really dependent upon what we focused on Christmas Day. If the celebration was just on family and gifts, I'm sure there were some disappointments. But if we focused on the true meaning of Christmas, the birth of our Savior, then the family, then the gifts, we recognize and realize that they're a blessing from our Creator. So here we gather today, one week after Christmas and one day before the new year. And we're tired. We need a break. We need to find some peace, some rest from the whirlwind of Christmas and all the pressures that we put upon ourselves. Now I'm thinking this week could be a good week to take that pause and take that break as we wait to usher in the new year, 2024. <clears throat> but we're not very good at waiting, are we? We live in a microwave society, I always say, that expects immediate results. Anything short of immediate is a nuisance to us. It's a barrier to our peace. Tell you the truth, I punch in two minutes on a microwave and in a minute and a half, I'm tired of waiting. And I open the door. Might not be the right temperature that I wanted, but by golly, I wanted it and I got it. And waiting on God is not only difficult, sometimes waiting on God seems to be impossible. Right? We want things to happen in our own timing, according to our plans. But God doesn't operate on our schedules. Our church was anxious and hoping to grow five years ago. But it didn't happen overnight. We had 12 people sitting here five years ago. I made the promise that God would bless us with growth in his timing, as we became more and more obedient as disciples. And look at us today. Praise God. Maybe not today, because I know the left side a little bit weak. <laughs> look at us. Yeah, look at us the last couple weeks. God has surely blessed this church. Three years ago, we were in the midst of the worst man-made pandemic ever. Fearing for our family, fearing for our friends, and in some cases, fearing for our own lives. We prayed daily asking God to end the pandemic. But again, his timing was different than ours, wasn't it? Our creator watched from his throne as church after church closed their doors in fear of that which can take the body but not take the soul, as it's written in Scripture. Most of those churches never returned to their pre-pandemic attendance averages. And sadly, many of those churches are closed today. 
But this church made a stand. This church found a creative way to honor God while still being obedient to the authorities placed over us, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a side note. <laughs> we conducted outside services for 18 weeks, providing not only services for our people, but for people who lived over an hour away because their churches had closed. And a reminder, where or when in upstate New York has you ever seen it not rain on a Sunday? Not one time did it even sprinkle during our service. Right, Mama Paul? 18 weeks in upstate New York. Some of the people that came here whose churches were closed, their churches opened back up and they went back to their church as they should. But they still bless us and tell me that they, several still listen to our weekly message every week on Facebook. See, because they became a part of our family during those 18 weeks. Amen? Yes, amen. amen. Uh, thank you. So as we waited for God during that season of COVID, we stayed engaged with God. We continued to worship Him. And I say again, look how He's rewarded us for our obedience. When it became apparent the denomination had a different viewpoint, regarding the written word, <clears throat> excuse me, we were determined to stand fast. We were determined to stay true to that word, and we prayed for the finances to separate from the denomination. And so we waited for God. Then God put it on the hearts of our community, and they unselfishly donated over $30,000 to our cause. Now, many of those people don't even come to our church. And a lot of those people don't even live in New York State. They simply have camps here. God put it on their heart to support us. And if that wasn't proof enough that we're being blessed for our obedience, God provided a benefactor to help us purchase the parsonage. Now, none of this happened overnight, of course. We spent many, many hours in prayer waiting for God to show his hand. But that's not the way of the world, is it? The world will tell you, I want it, and I want it now. Billy Graham said, this is a high-strung, neurotic, impatient age. We hurry where there's no reason to hurry just to be hurrying. This fast-paced age has produced more problems and less morality than previous generations, and it's given all of us jangled nerves. He said impatience has produced a new crop of broken homes, more ulcers, and has set the stage for more world wars. But our impatience isn't a new thing. Impatience can be seen, uh, can be tracked throughout the old in the New Testament. We begin with Abraham, who earned the nickname, the man who could not wait. The man who could not wait. In Genesis 15, 1 through 3, we hear Abram's complaint to God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, 
Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. In verses 4 through 5, we hear God respond. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he counted to him as righteousness. So in the flesh, Abraham didn't see a child. Abraham didn't see an heir, but he believed in God's promise that he would someday have one. But notice in that scripture, God didn't say when he would have a child. He just promised that he would have a child, that we become an heir. Abraham was to wait and trust. As more time passed and old age crept up to Abraham, he grew more and more and more impatient. Tired of waiting, his wife Sarah confronted him, suggesting maybe they could help God out with his plan. That's never worked well for me, by the way. Knowing she was totally barren and well past the normal age of childbearing, she pointed out a certain custom of the day that would produce that heir that God had promised. See, in that day, a barren woman could give her maid to her husband for a wife for a short time. I think that's why my bride didn't come here today. If a son were born of that union, he would be regarded as the wife's son. And then if the father simply said to the boy, you are my son, then he became an adopted son and a legal heir. So in agreement, Sarah gave her Egyptian maid Hagar to Abraham to be his wife. Hagar became pregnant and gave birth to Ishmael. But that wasn't God's plan. Right? That's, that's not what we just got done reading. When Abraham turned 99 years old, we heard God's promise concerning Sarah in Genesis 17, 16. He said, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. His response in 17 was, Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And of course, we know Sarah did in fact conceive. And they bore a son, Isaac, 25 years after God initially promised them a son. 25 years. So we must learn to do what Abraham and Sarah couldn't seem to do. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to allow God to work things out in our lives. Because see, God's not in a hurry. We might be. But God is not in a hurry. He does things in his own time. We need to learn to follow his schedule for our lives through prayer and time in the Bible, meditating on scripture. Another example I like is in Exodus. The Jews were tired of waiting for Moses. Remember Moses went up the mountain. They got tired of waiting for him. Exodus 32.1 says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Wow. So, Scripture tells us not only did Aaron create, uh, fashion a golden calf as a god, but Scripture says that the people actually brought offerings to that calf and worshipped 
that calf right at the foot of the mountain. All because they didn't know how to wait for the Lord's timing. They were impatient. Now, if you continue reading, God was going to strike them all down. But Moses talked them out of it. He intervened and pleaded with them. There's many more examples of impatient people, but I want to turn to example of a patient one. It comes from today's scripture. Today we read about Simeon, who had that reputation of being righteous and devout. Now like all Jews, true story, like all Jews, Simeon looked forward to the coming of the Messiah who would comfort Israel and bring peace to their nation. The problem, of course, was that not all the Jews recognized Christ, right? They all expected, they all believed that the Messiah was coming. They just still had a disagreement on whether he came or not. That's extra material for you. Luke twenty two twenty six tells us, It had been revealed to him, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he carried that promise in his heart, that he would not die before he saw Jesus. When Joseph and Mary brought the baby Jesus to the temple, Simeon immediately recognized him for who he was. Why? Because he expected him. He looked for him, and he waited for him daily. His reaction comes from 29 through 32. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Now, the Bible didn't say how long Simeon had to wait, but obviously Simeon had to wait before he met Jesus. But then he was rewarded for his obedience. It wasn't his timing, it was God's timing. Then we move to Acts. Acts 1 4 through 5, Jesus told his disciples to stay in Jerusalem and wait. Right? We all like waiting in lines at Walmart. Well, rush back day after Christmas to you know, return those gifts. And you got 58 people in line. The number one thing I dislike in this life is waiting for anything. Rick, do I even like commercials on TV? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. My wife, I drive her nuts. She'll find a show. Oh, this is such a good movie. Let's watch it. Five minutes into it, here comes a commercial. I'd normally survive the first one. Second set of commercials, I'm out. She goes, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm not waiting. I do not like waiting. So Simeon waited, and then he was rewarded for that obedience. So now we have Jesus telling them, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, they asked, the disciples asked him when he would return to rule Jerusalem. Right? They were still confused at the end. And Jesus said, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Their only command was to wait, to go and wait. So did all 120 disciples waited as they were instructed, but they didn't sit around in that upper room like they're waiting for FedEx to show up, peeking out the window every five minutes. No. While they were there waiting, they did the work of the church. And then God rewarded them for their obedience by filling them with the Holy Spirit. So as I, as I read all that, and I prayed, and I worked over my message, the last one of 2023, I had a thought that I'd like to share this morning. I want to be like Simeon in the year 2024, starting tomorrow. 
I want to be like Simeon. I, I can only imagine him waking up every single day, knowing, holding on to that promise that he would meet the Christ child. Wondering if today was the day. Can you see the goosebumps? Every morning, this might be the day that I see the Christ child. I would guess he left his house in eager anticipation every single day. Nearly running to get to the temple. I guess he didn't allow trials and tribulations getting his way. Things going on in his life. He didn't let it interfere with the joy of knowing that someday he would meet Jesus. You might say he became single-minded. Probably focused solely on watching for the signs of Christ's arrival. Not knowing the specifics. Not the time, not the day, not the place. But he kept his eyes open and his ears to the ground. He believed that promise. And he leaned into that promise. As I was watching the Buffalo Bills the other night. As they stood in the tunnel. I'm watching them as they're waiting to come out on the field. They were all excited, right? They're all fired up. They're all giddy. They were pretty animated, screaming and stuff. They were just waiting to come onto the field and execute everything that they trained for. They had put all their personal challenges behind them. The rumors from tabloids. The judgment from their critics. They had to focus on the main thing. And the main thing was to go out and do their best to win that game. Well, as I watched that pregame excitement, I pictured old Simeon doing the same thing every morning before he left his house. And why not? Now, he wasn't leaving the house to play anything, of course. He was leaving the house in the hope and expectation of meeting Jesus Christ in the flesh. Is today the day? So imagine with me, if you will, Simeon wakes up, alarm clock goes off, he hops out of bed, he's, like, he's excited on what the day might bring. Maybe he gulps down some unleavened bread, anxious to get to that temple. Maybe he turned on the radio real quick and listened to some music, you know, some heart. Okay, I know they didn't have a radio. <laughs> Just checking. But Simeon was fired up every single morning. Simeon was excited every single morning, believing, that the, pro believing the promise that he would meet Jesus and hoping that today would be the day. Let today be the day that I meet the Christ child. And one day, because of his obedience and his patience, he was rewarded. Now, thankfully, he didn't try to spike the baby. You know, think of football. You know, yeah. All right, I'm done with the football. But all of that, all of that got me to thinking. How come I don't approach every day and wait in the same fashion that Simeon? Isaiah 40, 31 tells us that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been a, a little weary this past year. We've had, a, we've had a lot going on. Not just my family, but y'all's family and in the community. We've lost friends. We've lost, lost loved ones. We fought the government. We fought the denomination. We, you know, unfortunately, we, we fought some of our own family members. We're weary. We're, we're tired. I want to run but not be weary. I want to walk and not be faint. So I decided that 2024 will be the year that I do a better job 
of waiting for the Lord. Now, unlike Simeon, I wasn't promised that I'm going to see Jesus in the flesh. We, we don't get that promise that we're going to see Jesus in the flesh here on earth. But I was promised that if I believe in him and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, one day I will be with him. Amen? Jesus promised us he'll return. He didn't say when. So like Simeon, shouldn't I jump out of bed every day that the hope is that today is that day that Jesus returns? That should be the first thought in my mind every single morning I get up. Come, Lord Jesus, come. That promise alone should give me hope. That promise alone should give me the strength to get through every day when my world gets muddy and my world gets nasty. So here's what I decided to do for the new year, 2024. I'm going to go into this new year starting tomorrow, refusing to focus on the COVID atrocities, the lies of the government, the invasion of our border, and all the hate and evil, the killings, everything that we see every day. That will no longer be my focus. Instead, I'm going to focus on Christ's promise of returning. And I'm going to walk out that tunnel in my house every morning, just like those football players. I'm going to walk out of my tunnel. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to be confident. And I'm going to be hopeful. And like Simeon, I'm going to expect Christ's return. And maybe, just maybe, if Jesus doesn't return in the flesh for 2024 for people to see him, if I do this right, maybe they'll get to see Christ through me. Through how I act. Maybe through my faith. Anybody willing to accept that same challenge? Let's show the world Jesus to our lives this year. Let's give people the same hope and the same chance that we had. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God of stars and angels, God of sheep and lambs, God of abundance and grace, you know us well better than we know ourselves. You hear us cry glory and praise, and then you watch us tear things apart with our words and our deeds. You hear us say, thy will be done and use me, O God. Then you watch us do nothing in response to cries for help. But even so, you love us and you forgive us. This morning we ask you, help us to change. Turn us around, Lord. Make us more loving, courageous, and hopeful. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His graces?
moved to three by five cards, which I forgot where I put them. Oh, <laughs> Does anybody have any cards to go in? Here we go, Carrie. We have a card. I probably got two. I got four. I got oh, we go. Holy, holy, go. Awesome. We'd have 50 more if uh, the Ange family was here. Thank you. You're going to mix them up so you don't get the same one. Anybody else? All right, so you know what we do? We're going to, uh, we didn't do it last week actually because there were so many people and some were going to come back. But what we do, this is designed to get us back into scripture, right? It's just uh, a way for us uh, to put the word into our hearts, into our minds. Uh, and there's a lot of them I'm impressed. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray over these cards. And then when you leave, take five of these. Start to run the short at the end. Change that number if you need to. But we want these cards to be blessed, anointed and then give it to the right person to the right spirit. So if you're comfortable, you want to raise your hand for me this morning. Let us pray, Father God, we thank you for your written word. We thank you for everything that's written in it, Lord, even the stuff that hurts. We just thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the verses that were picked out through his guidance, Father God. We just pray that the right person gets the right card and it makes a difference in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to do a little different this week. We're going to play the... Going out song, this is Alan's favorite. And then and then I will do the benediction. So song. Welcome to stand up on any of these that you want to. Spike song. It's a bird.
You would be surprised, I mean, for me, I guess I'm easy, but through the week, the last song that we played, that one always sticks, right? So this week it should be that whatever, you have the love of Jesus in your heart, or I'm so happy. When all the junk hits you, come back to this song this week. Beloved of God, depart now in peace, knowing that you've encountered Christ our Savior. Go now to watch, to wait, and to spread the light of Christ to the ends of the world, that God's kingdom might reign on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. To meet again, brothers and sisters, God bless you all. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected to the well. God bless you all. Hoorah! Hoorah!